Alright, what's up guys? We're back. Uh, another episode of the podcast. Um, today we got special guest, it's Jim Crooks, right? You got it. Okay, um, at Narragansett Beer. So this should be an interesting one. Um, let's get the commercials out of the way right away. First is All I Need Skateboards. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, we just did a, co- a collab hat with Shake Shack. Um, have you ever had Shake Shack before? Uh, I don't think I have. Uh, it's it's amazing. It's um, how about In and Out? You've been out to the West Coast? Yeah, not in a long time, but I know they're, they've got some legendary uh, burgers out there and shakes and stuff. Right? Yeah, so it's it's basically uh, I think a better version of In and Out, but it's on the East Coast and it's also worldwide. They have an overseas a bunch of locations as well. But uh, we just recently did a trucker hat with them. They. They helped us out, and uh, that was pretty cool. So you'll see those things floating around out there. Um, nice. Yeah. And Are then, you in Virginia? Uh, Virginia. I'm not sure. I know Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Florida. There's two in Boston, so Chestnut Hill and right in Harvard Square. And I think they're going to open up a third location in Boston. Um, but it's really amazing. It's all fresh. It's like a step above, like, you know, it's a burger place, but it's a step above. All the flavors are so rich, and they have, um, every day of the week, they have a different custard, like a homemade custard. Like, one one custard they have is uh, coffee and donuts, and the donuts are homemade, so it's like, in this coffee custard, whew. Sounds you get serious. cheese fries and all types of stuff, so um, you're going to have to try it out. That man. sounds like it, yeah. Um, yeah, and then we also, with All I Need, we're going to um, the Dew Tour in Ocean City, Maryland uh, this month on the 25th through the 29th. Me and Timmy Knuth will be competing in the contest, but we are also fortunate enough that we'll have a booth with All I Need in the little village area at the event. And it's pretty sick because they build ramps right on the ocean, basically, like right on the beach. And it's at um, this big Ferris wheel, and they have a huge concert. The last two years, they had Talib Kweli and 50 Cent play, so it's pretty big shows. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a great time, and and, uh, for us, it's a big deal because we're a small brand, and it's like we got invited. So, um, yeah, so you can go to allineedskate.com or at allineedskate on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Check out all the stuff we got going on with the team. And, uh, yeah, and then also Solstice Skate Shop. If you're ever in the New Bedford area, amazing skate shop. And uh, No Problem was there as well. It's skater-owned, skater-run burrito shop. Have you been there? Mm-mm. you got to go to New Bedford. It's amazing. I've been to the Whaling Museum. It's, it's oh, it's right right around the corner. All right. Literally like two blocks is uh, No Problemo, which is skate, skater-owned, skater-run. My, my friend Craig Piva opened up a burrito shop, and uh, he just employed all his buddies who skated. And it just did so well downtown New Bedford. That uh, they expanded from just a walk-in to now they have a full restaurant with a bar and like it's a really cool location, oh, okay. man. Okay, I think they sell some gants in there. I, yeah, they That's do. Why I recognize the name. Like, yep, yeah. absolutely, they love it. So, um, yeah, so no problemo. Check them out. And right around the corner is Patty's Hot Dogs too, which is skater on skater run and just you like hot dogs. They get all different types of variations and Pat's the man. Um, but yeah, Solstice Skate Shop. If you want to get skateboard stuff in New Bedford or even you know in Massachusetts. They got an amazing skate scene. Jay Vasconcellos is an awesome dude, runs an awesome shop, and uh, check them out. But, uh, yeah, Jim, thanks again, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I I walked in. I heard you on the phone handling business. I appreciate you taking time out of your day (laughs) to talk to me. Um, Yeah, maybe just uh, let's start with uh, how you got involved or how it came to be because I'm not exactly sure. Um, 
wherever you want to start, man. Sure, I'll start from the beginning, right? Please do. So, uh, yeah, Gansett goes way back, you know, 1890, uh, started <laughs> by, about as far back as it goes yep. in beer in New England. Um, started by six uh, German-American immigrants that just, you know, longed for a taste for, of, of their homeland. Um, you know, a lot of ale breweries in the United States at that time, but yep. not a lot of lager breweries, which is more the German, um, you know, the German brewing style. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, these six New Englanders looked for a place they could uh, set up shop in New England and actually searched pretty much everywhere from Rhode Island up through the Boston area and, and settled on this location um, just off Narragansett Bay Sick. in Providence just because of the great water source available to them there and a little bit cheaper land than up in Boston. And, yeah. Uh, started Narragansett Brewery uh, in 1890. Uh, eight years later, it was the biggest brewery in New England. Wow. Um, producing uh, over a million cases a year. And I think they peaked in 1965 uh, selling... Uh, two million barrels of beer, which is about twenty-seven million cases of beer <laughs> wow. per year. So yeah. it was a pretty serious brewery, uh, easily the biggest in, in New England for most of the twentieth century. Um, <clears throat> you know, had, had a really interesting, almost like a Forrest Gump-like existence uh, through the twentieth century. Uh, it was, uh, you know, advertisements in their early years in the nineteen thirties were done by Dr. Seuss. Oh really? He, uh, wow. he hand illustrated some some characters for Narragansett beer that ended up on beer trays and, and print ads and things. If like we that. if you um, if we search that in Google, you think we could find some of that stuff? Sure. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Doctor Seuss um, Narragansett beer, and uh, probably the first thing will pop up is uh, an old beer tray that he illustrated for them. Has a, uh, a Native American Narragansett Indian on on roller skates. Uh, with a tray of beers and a little cat nipping at its heels says, too good to miss. And it's very distinctly Dr. Seuss. Um, and he did a few other print ads for them. Um, so it's, uh, you know, most of them involve this, this character, Chief Gansett, that he created for Nary Gansett. So, um, you know, obviously with uh, sensitivities with, with Native Americans and everything, we, we don't really lean on it too heavily, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Center, <laughs> gotta be careful. It's not the centerpiece of our, of our marketing. We'd love to, to use it here and there when it makes sense. If it's Dr. Seuss's birthday, you know, throw it out on social media and stuff like that. Um, it's a cool part of the brand's history, though. Yeah. That it's just like, I, I had no idea, so yeah, that's pretty rad. Yeah, and there's, there's a few other little things like that. I mean, it was the beer in Jaws, you know, the Captain Quinn yeah. drinks and crushes. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the beer of the Red Sox for like 32 yep. years. So, you know, very, uh, very New England, uh, kind of woven into the fabric of New England. And unfortunately, when, when you know, shortly after their peak, uh, in the uh, in the 1970s, they they sold to uh, what was then the third biggest brewery in, in the U.S. called Falstaff, and uh, you know Falstaff was running around the U.S. buying up a lot of these regional breweries, and um, you know New Englanders are very provincial; they really like their own, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, when you took you know the, the brand out of New England, um, which is what ultimately happened, they shut the brewery here in Rhode Island down. You know, moved the brewing uh, out to Indiana. It just it lost a lot of its character and, and persona, and I think uh, you know that's when the really the beginning of the end started, the first, before before the new beginning, yep. um, which we're kind of doing uh, right now. But uh, uh, by '82, the brewery was was shut down. Um, that was the year I was born. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was still young in myself. Um, but uh, yeah, it you know it just. It just pretty much killed it, you know. It was, you know, Uncle Louis lost his job at the brewery, and you know, it wasn't the beer of the Red Sox anymore, and yeah. it wasn't made, 
you know, locally anymore. So it, it kind of got a bad reputation. Like a lot of people kind of trash talked it. All the New England people were wicked mad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On its way down, a lot of people got a good kick or a punch in and. You know, it just wasn't the same quality. It wasn't made with the local, you know, water by the local people. And uh, uh, it kind of got that down, you know, down reputation. In the and plus, and just, was. I'm sure, you know, people in New England are very old-fashioned and very, um, they, you know, the fact that jobs are gone from it and it's not supporting the local economy and stuff Definitely. like that as well. It's Definitely. A, yeah. very, a lot of pride in, in the East Coast in general, but New England especially with sports and beer and, you know. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. We, we, New Englanders, yeah, we love our own. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, so that's where we kind of came in was uh, 2005. Um, Narragansett was still being made, but it was really hard to find. You know, maybe you'd find it collecting dust on the bottom shelf you know, in a few package stores around Rhode Island and Massachusetts, but uh, uh, other than that, you know, you, you really, you weren't seeing it. They were maybe doing 20,000 cases a year, 25,000 cases a year. You know, that's a far drop from the peak. Yeah, from, Absolutely. You know, from 25 million to 25,000, you know, that's uh, it's a big drop. So uh, they were almost getting ready to discontinue it. It, it, it sort of transitioned from Falstaff over to the hands of Pabst Brewing Company, and uh, that's who we got the brand from. Uh, about almost 10 years ago now, wow. in 05. And, uh, yeah, we've been reviving it ever since. Uh, you know, we, we own it and run it here in Rhode Island again. We're working to get a brewery back in Rhode Island. Um, but it's, you know, it's Rhode Island-owned. Uh, we do some stuff locally over at Buzzards Bay Brewery. Oh, uh, some of our imperial, high-alcohol, high-octane stuff. The good stuff. Yeah, 22-ounce yeah, <laughs> bombers. But, uh, yeah, most of it's still coming from uh, Rochester, New York. We, we contract brew up there with NAB, which is the old Jenny, uh, Genesee Brewery. Okay, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're hoping to have an announcement before long on a, on a new brewery here in Providence. Cool, uh, that's exciting. Hopefully by next year. So, um you know we're uh, we're growing nicely. Um, we'll do over a million cases again this year, so it's back on the rise. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And doing some fun things. We just came out with uh, a couple of collaborative beers. We did one with uh, Autocrat, which is known for their uh, the coffee milk syrup. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And in New England, coffee milk's like pretty uh, standard here. Like they have it in the schools and stuff. Um, when I, I've traveled around quite a bit, and coffee milk is very. Uh, very uh, something unique to this area for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. We've got a lot of our own little, you know, unique things that you can only find around here. And, and that 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 um, it's in like the plastic bottle. Is it a yellow cap? The coffee syrup, I believe. Yeah, well, and they, they yeah, the, the syrup itself is a big seller for them. You know, it, where most places you put chocolate syrup and milk around here, and you know, the coffee syrup. A lot of you know, children and adults will take that and put it in their milk and yeah. get, like a coffee flavored milk. Sorry, is that a car you believe? Uh, could be, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Sorry, <laughs> this mic is this mic's pretty good. It's picking up the car outside. That's right, strong mic. So that's cool. So what did you guys release with the coffee milk? Yes, yeah, so we did a coffee milk stout. Um, I'll show you. Oh, so wow. People listening can't see it, but uh, kind of one of the real old school packaging from like late 1800s, early 1900s uh, for Autocrat. Yeah. I love the way it looks, man. It's very yeah. classic. We did that back in the winter, um, just a limited run of it, and it just it just blew up. It just took off. It was like a social media sensation, and we sold out of it in a matter of a couple of weeks. So we just did our second collaboration with another very New England, very Dells, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I already had people telling me like, you got to ask them about the Dells. Um, Donnie Barley, famous skateboarder from Rhode Island, I talked to him on the way up here. And that was one of the questions. He's like, ask him about that. I heard that was like a big success as far as a 
for a collaboration and you guys doing stuff together. So he's got a good beer drinking name too. Yeah, yeah, oh, barley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Johnny Barley, I like it. Um, yeah, so we uh, we collaborated with Dells going into the summer on a shandy, which is pretty uh, growing in popularity style. Can you break that down? I'm not even sure what yeah, it is exactly. It's, it's big over in Europe. Basically, they'll take any kind of like lemon or lemon lime soda or lemonade and mix it with just about any kind of beer that you can get over there and they'll call it a shandy they'll actually even they'll, they'll mix ginger ale with beer oh that even, sounds good they'll even mix coke with like a, a guinness and, and that's sort of like a different form of shandy but the, the most traditional one is, is taking lemonade and beer together um and uh and that's basically what we did with dells we took our narragansett lager and their dells lemon concentrate and and mixed them together to uh, come up with a nice summertime refresher. A genius idea. Because <laughs> uh, Dell's, Dell's definitely like, it, growing up in New England, uh, I just remember Dell's on, in August and July, you just get Dell's and there's nothing quite like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's the that's the shit right there. So it was a genius <laughs> idea. Your ass off on a, <laughs> I seen the can and I was like, I want that instantly. Yeah, yeah time, for, uh, time for a nice... Uh, Nice cold refresher. It's a, so you know, it's the adult version. You yeah. know, it's got uh, it's got the beer in there. It's five percent uh, lager style beer mixed with the lemon concentrate. So it's uh, it, it's light enough, but it also packs a little bit of a punch. And uh, the lemon just gives it a nice kind of finish, nice and refreshing. And how how did that how did that do? Was the response good? Yeah, the response has just been off the charts. I and mean, we've we've already made about ten times more of the shandy than we did of the coffee milk stout, and we still haven't been able to fully catch up on the production yet we're, we're doing a big batch next week uh june 20th and, and so hopefully uh those couple weeks before the fourth of july we'll be able to load everyone back up on it and perfect yeah, have yeah. It out there for the rest of the summer yeah. that's very cool man um yeah that 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 one i seen all over instagram um that was a uh, like i believe it was like a couple weeks ago it was just like Every other picture I saw was someone holding the can and taking a picture of that, and and that's what kind of got my brain thinking about trying to do a podcast with you guys, just because I seen everyone having it, and I was like, oh, they're obviously doing something that's getting traction, so it's yeah. very cool, man. Yeah, no, if you want a little uh, interesting uh, cultural experiment, you go on Instagram and you do the hashtag Shandy and do just a search of anyone who's done a post with Shandy. Yeah, it's like the Dells is overtaking you know, it. Shandy's yeah, it's like every other picture on there, which is it's interesting considering it's a style that's sort of you know was created in Europe and there's a lot of big brands doing shanties right now uh, Lining Kugel was one of the original ones here in the US yeah I've had that one most well known uh, even Amstel's doing a shandy now um, you know there's a, there's quite a few other brands but those aren't collab those aren't co- collabs they're no, just their yeah, own. They're, they're pretty much straight up yeah just their own brand styles uh, and then some some brands will do a Rattler or they'll call it a Rattler but it's a similar thing it's either lemon soda or lemon lemonade type of thing added to the beer um, so it's uh, you know it's a category that's that's really blowing up, and there's quite a few of them out there. There's some European ones too, and and uh, given that Instagram is a global platform, it's just kind of interesting. <laughs> this little you know Rhode Island collaboration is uh, you know taking you know, that hard. hashtag <laughs> over. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I think that's that goes back to New England just having a lot of pride and heart, and just seeing you know you guys' history and being in Rhode Island, and same with Dell's being like um, a staple in the area. You know. 
yeah, it's yeah. cool that people are just like, let's Instagram it, you know? Like, that's a lot of the hype behind it. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, it's sort of allowing New England adults to kind of reminisce back to their childhood and uh, get that little taste of uh, from when they were a kid, you know? Did you get uh, any hookups with just Dells? Can you go get some free Dells now? <laughs> just from working together? <laughs> I feel like most of the hookups have been going the other way, you know? Oh, they want the free beer? Yeah, I guess that makes they sense. Want the, they want the free beer. <laughs> but uh, I certainly would take some free uh, frozen Dells. I love that stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we've done some t-shirts and a few other things together uh, since we, we came out with the beer. Um, oh, for the shan- yeah, shanty? Just, yeah, just, you know, have some little giveaway items and things like that. I think they're selling at the, at the Dells stands and... and all around Rhode Island. And, and this will be seasonal, so just like summertime, that'll come back? or Exactly. So yeah. we'll, we'll keep it out um, through the summer. Uh, we're going to bring back the coffee milk stout this year and make a lot more of that. I'm that definitely going to try that. That looks amazing. Yeah, it's real good. It's, it's almost like drinking a Guinness, but with a little coffee kick to it. Oh, that's that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love Guinness, so just to add the little coffee is going to be very great. Yeah, no, it's, got, it's not overpowering, so that it just overwhelms you, but it, it does have a nice uh, nice coffee. And it's still in this, this side? Yes, yeah, 16 ounce tall boy can. Yeah, it's our primary package. Um, the the Del Shandy's in a 16 ounce tall boy. Uh, the coffee milk stout will be in a 16 ounce tall boy. We're actually going to do it in a 12 ounce bottle though too for the first time oh, this cool. fall. Um, we'll do it as like a 12 pack. And, yeah, yeah. So that'll, that'll be uh, out this year in October and should be out through you know the whole holiday season into early next year. Awesome. Um, and then we're, you know, we're starting to kick around ideas about maybe another collaboration. So Sick. we've got a lot of different... Got some stuff up the sleeve. <laughs> we saw some funny, you know, some funny jokes out on social media. Someone said we should uh, pair up with the, you know, New York system is a big thing in Rhode Island, which doesn't make any sense because you're in Rhode Island. What is it, though? New York system. It's a, They make these hot wieners. Oh, right. And it's like, you know, the big thing is like, you know, all the way... You know, with the onions and, uh, and ground beef on top. and Ooh, sounds good. Know, mustard and all sorts of stuff. And uh, it's just, I don't know, it's the way they do them. They, they're just, they're very unique tasting. They're, they're good. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely a very, very Rhode Island, Southern New England thing as well. And somebody joked, you know, you're going to do a hot wiener, you know, IPA or something like uh, that. That's <laughs> so cool. Probably not going to quite work, you know, all the way IPA. But, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we're thinking about some different other collaborations. You know, not just Rhode Island, but throughout New England. And not even just, you know, typical products that you think of, but... You know, maybe just uh, could be anything from a, a clothing company, maybe to a um, you know a, a cause-related marketing type of opportunity. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, we do a lot. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff this summer with the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. You know, to help with the conservation of uh, the white shark population uh, off of Cape Cod and. You know, maybe someone we pair up with on a beer somewhere down the road too. So you know, how, just doing some fun stuff like that. Kind of sidetracking a little, but uh, how did you get involved, or how did you come into this? Yeah, so uh, well, Mark uh, Drung is the is the president. He's he's the uh, the guy who really was his brainchild to to bring Gates back. You know, and he and I have worked together for about ten years in Nantucket Nectar's juices. Yep. Um, oh, delicious! Yeah. Amazing, very. <laughs> we were both, we were both juice guys. Uh, you guys, you guys put the you you were the guy behind the quotes <laughs> and the cap. Or? I actually I did some marketing for the anti connector, so I think I did uh, I did come up with a couple of those caps. But uh, <laughs> Sick. Um, yeah, I did a little sales, a little you know a little strategy, a little marketing for them. Um, Mark was there. Started as an accountant, moved up to like the controller, and he eventually took over as president uh, the last few years that, that we were owned by Ocean Spray. And, 
uh, he kind of helped orchestrate the sale to Cadbury Schweppes. Uh, makes, you know, ginger ales. Uh, they own a lot of things. They own Snapple. Uh, they own Yoohoo. Uh, they own Mott's, you know, all these things. They're you massive. Realize. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dr. Pepper, 7-Up. Uh, so, uh, you know, not to mention all of it, you know, like number one in the world in chocolates on every continent except the U.S., you know, yep. pretty much in uh, North America. So, uh, yeah, huge company. Um, you know, they wanted Mark and I to go work for them. Uh, Mark made a little money in the deal, so he decided, no, you know, I like my home life here in Rhode Island. Ended up uh, going to work for, for Magic Hat, actually, for a couple of years. Oh, the, yeah. We got into beer, um, doing some consulting work for them. Is Magic Hat, where are they located? They're up in Vermont. Yeah. Vermont, okay. So that was the only catch, was that he had to commute all the way from Rhode Island up to Vermont. Jeez. And do that, you know, go up on a Sunday, come back on a Thursday, you know, that gets old pretty quick. Yeah, that's a um, long drive. Yeah. yeah, especially when you got four little girls at home, which Ooh, he did. Good for him. Yeah. Good for, yeah. He needed the break then. That's a lot of women to <laughs> yeah. deal with. Yeah, good father's name yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he was looking for something a little more local and a little more entrepreneurial that he could really sink his teeth into with beer. Uh, and, uh, you know, sitting around a bar one day and, uh, you know, talking to some buddies. He's like, you know, it's too bad Rhode Island and New England doesn't have, like, a really old, cool heritage brand. Yeah. You know, the, 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 you know, because he had just been to Wisconsin and he experienced Line and Kugel, and, and they're like that. They have an old lager and an old light beer. Uh, and then they dabble in some other styles that are a little more craft centric. Yep. And he just thought that was really cool. And uh, you know, when he brought this conversation up at the bar, he just happened to be in like one of the five bars left in Rhode Island that actually still carried Narragansett. Oh, and the sick. bartender pulled the Gansett out from behind the bar and put it up on the on the bar in front of him. And uh, I was like, oh, oh, to the contrary, we've got Narragansett beer. And, uh, <laughs> I guess you know, one of their regulars, this old timer, was still drinking it. And uh, as soon as that Gansett went up on the bar, he said just the whole bar just started talking about Narragansett. Everyone had a story. You know, my uncle used to drink it. My granddad used to drink it. I used to steal those from my dad. (laughs) All these sort of things. That was the first beer I ever had. So, you know, you just saw the the emotion and the enthusiasm for it. He's like, oh, maybe there's something, you know, maybe there's something here. And, um, you know, I I didn't make money (laughs) when uh, Nantucket Nectar sold. Uh, so I actually went to work for Cadbury, and I was down there kind of still working on the uh, Nantucket Nectar's brand for a few years. And Mark called me, and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about bringing back Narragansett. And, you know, it was my granddad's beer and always had a soft spot for me. So I was like, oh, that sounds like an awesome idea. He's yeah. sign me up. And, uh, yeah, it took about another year or so from that point to get the rights to the brand. And, and uh, when that all got finalized in 2005, I, I uh, moved back to Rhode Island. Uh, and uh, basically Mark and I just... Started uh, started repackaging the beer. Um, we got a hold of this guy, Bill Anderson. He was one of the last brewmasters at the old Rhode Island brewery. Uh, 75 years young and <laughs> living on the West Coast. Uh, still uh, about as round as he was tall. Um, and uh, just, uh, you know, totally still in love with beer and had a passion for it and remembered all the recipes and helped us basically recreate the, the traditional lager um, to the old recipe. And, uh, you know, once we had the old recipe and we started working with some of the, the best old packaging that they had and, and bringing some of that back, uh, we just pushed it, you know, started doing a little bit of marketing push, you know, just things like uh, the basics, you know, making some signage, going out and visiting bars and stores and 
just trying to sell it grassroots and get people to start carrying it and pushing it again. And Best way to rebuild the foundation, for sure. And just a lot of face-to-face marketing, getting out there, letting people try the beer, letting them know, hey, this is this is the good stuff. This is the good old Ganson. It's not... It's not the Ganson maybe you remember from your, uh, you know, when you were a teen sneaking it from your uncle in the 80s or the 70s. You know, this is uh, this is the old glory days, you know, 50s and 60s Ganson recipe. And people tried it. They loved it. You know, and they were like, wow, this is, you know, this is good beer. And, you know, I love what you're doing with the packaging, you know, bringing back the old school look of it. And uh, it just kind of started to take off. And and it's been a kind of a fun, wild ride ever since. It seems. It seems like that, man. It's very awesome. Um, it's crazy. I love. Um, did you go to school? Um, are you? Uh, did you go to college and all that stuff? Yeah, did you yeah. get degrees and? Yeah, I mean, it, it, not quite the degree you'd expect. I had a finance degree, but I, I had sort of a business background. Um, uh, I grew up here in Warwick, Rhode Island, and uh, went off to school in Virginia. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do, and just ended up with a with a finance degree. Um, I just, uh, you know, I just. Knew my my two point nine 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 GPA wasn't really going to get me very far, <laughs> so I uh, I did an internship, an unpaid internship with Nantucket Nectars, and uh, got kind of lucky, just kind of fell into it by accident, and uh, it was just when they were starting to take off. So by the end of the summer, by the end of the internship, there was a you know a sales position opening up, and so very just entry uh, level, and I just you know just kind of took it from there. Hard, hard work and experience, and then yeah that's yeah awesome. just well, you know cuts fighting it out in, in the streets, you know, selling, selling juice in uh, the mean streets of Baltimore and D.C. and everywhere. <laughs> mean streets of Baltimore, for real. I just I, got back from there. I, I met a lot of Mr. Kims who owned a lot of, you know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of little convenience stores and bodegas. And, uh, uh, but it was, you know, it was a fun, wild ride. That, that company really took off in the mid-90s. Absolutely, and, absolutely. In the late 90s. And, uh, you know, I did that for about five years. And then I moved up to Boston, to their home office, and did a little, like, sales marketing uh type uh work up there some strategy stuff and uh you know that's when that's when we got bought by cadbury you know very cool yeah yeah, yeah man kind of uh yeah wild. i, I kind of like that you guys are right across the street from a skate spot yeah it's, it's not we, supposed to be but yeah. it's amazing <laughs> every once in a while you'll see the uh the brown or the or the uh johnson wales police you know, a detail coming through, kicking the kicking the kids out of there, and uh, I, you know, I don't know why. It's not like there's anything else that that park's really you know being used for, except on Tuesdays when we get the taco truck that comes by and sets oh, up over there. Genius, genius. But other than that, it's a perfect skate park. Yeah, I mean, uh, you always see kids over there, uh, you we, know, pulling tricks. With my brand, all I need, we have uh, we have footage. Oh, my buddy, one of my team riders, skating right over there on that bench. So we have it in our video, which is very cool. But I never looked behind and just seen, uh, oh, there's the autocrat, too, actually. That's oh, yeah, what I was talking yeah, about. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the yellow cap. That's very cool. Um, yeah, so I never looked behind me to see that you guys were right there. So when I pulled up today, I was like, oh, here's the spot. And I'm looking around. I'm like, it's right here the whole time. It's very cool, man. Yeah, yeah. We're sort of just hidden in this uh, little, little brick building, you know, easy to miss. How many, how many employees do you guys have? So now, yeah, now we're up to about uh, 12 full-time employees, another couple part-timers, and then a whole team of, like, promo guys and girls that go out at night and do events and stuff like that. They're all, like, you know, part-time, uh, you know, hourly wage. But, uh, yeah, we probably, yeah, had, you know, hundreds of promo people, you know, over the last uh, nine years uh, doing work for us. And, uh, you know, so... 
definitely, you know, we're, we're doing our little thing for the local economy, and uh, you know, hopefully, the brewing will be the next piece of it that really brings it all together for people. That it's not just that we're, you know, using local vendors and and hiring local people. Uh, but we're also, you know, we're also uh, actually brewing the beer here. I imagine um, that must be a major um, undertaking. Like to, that must be a huge startup to actually get the brewery in Rhode Island and everything. Is that something that you guys are prepared for? Like you've been saving, or I don't know, or is that something you take loans out for? Yeah. I'm just out of curiosity. Like, yeah, no, totally. It's a major undertaking. It's really the reason why it hasn't happened yet. You know, we've been pushing and letting people know that it's a goal of ours. Pretty much since the beginning, um, but it's you know certainly it's not just an expensive undertaking. It's really time consuming, you know, especially yeah. if you're going to try to get you know help from the city or the state or the Economic Development Council, um, which we've you know we've we've done. We've, we've gone down the road on two or three different buildings that we thought we could turn into breweries, but you know either you know. Uh, uh, you know, the landlord didn't want to pay for some of the updates that were needed, you know, to make it, uh, you know, up to code for, for brewing. Um, or, you know, there were different issues with flood damage that needed to be fixed on one building and yeah. sprinkler systems that needed to be put in on another. And it's just, you know, you, you start even just going a little ways down the wormhole and realize how much time and energy and money it's going to take. And it, and it just, you know, it makes you take pause. So we're actually working now with the local Brewers Guild, and they are working on a, like an 85,000-square-foot property that's going to take, you know, multiple millions of dollars to kind of white box and get ready to, to, you know, get all the equipment in there and build it out and make it look nice. Because it's got to be sanitary and, like, <laughs> crisp. Uh. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want you know, you want a sharp-looking place and... Um, you know, the great thing about that is we can be owners and investors in it, but we don't have to put 100% of the money in, and we don't have to put just but a fraction of the time and effort into it because they're doing a lot of that legwork for us. So they're a really good partner. And then, you know, what else is in it for them is that they're also going to do some contract brewing, it sounds like, for some other uh, for some other brewers. So that's a project we're, we're, we're hoping, you know, we're getting really close on hopefully making an announcement, you know, sometime Very soon cool. that it'll, that'll definitely be happening. And, you know, if, if it comes through in the next, uh, next few months as we expect it to, you know, hopefully we'll be, we'll be doing some brewing in Providence by, uh, 2015 at some point. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. So that's more jobs for Rhode Island. That'd yeah. be hyped, man. That's yeah, awesome. totally. Do you guys still, um, you mentioned, uh, the Red Sox, is there still any relationship with them or is... Yeah, I mean, just in as much as, you know, we, we've gotten back in the park. Um, you can get a Gansett at Fenway, which is pretty cool. Sick, and, yeah. and just in the last two years, we actually started pouring draft there again. Um, there's one stand right behind Old Plate and another one out in the bleachers. Uh, and then you can get the cans in a couple spots. And if you're lucky enough to have box seats down yeah. in the, the lower area, you know, from like the one, the third, first base dugout over to the third base dugout, um, there's actually a hawker, a Gansett hawker that goes around selling the cans. Oh, sick, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, and I think I just heard that they want to get our, our shandy in, too. They've just been doing the lager up to this point, but they might bring in the Dell shandy. That seems like that would be perfect for that. Yeah, summer after, hot afternoon at a ballpark. That's what know? I would want. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. And we, where can I get those? Is there any... Uh, I'm assuming all the well, – are they still out right now, the shanty? Yeah. You know, we, we reloaded a lot of the stores last week uh, in around Boston, uh, towards the Cape, Central Mass, Rhode Island. Uh, I'm in Taunton, so I'm yeah, sure somewhere – Your area is – the big stores would be a good place to start um, and, uh, you know, kind of go down from there. But uh, most of the stores around there did get reloaded. 
cool. um, last week. And certainly next week, we have a big wave of production coming into uh, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. So you know, anyone pretty much in those three states and even a little beyond uh, should be able to uh, find it a lot more easily week of June 23rd. That's awesome. Yeah. So is this something you thought you'd end up doing? Did you ever have any idea you'd end up working with beer and all this? If I was smarter and I really thought about it when I was a, you know, a teenager or when I was in college, this is probably exactly what I would have you know, wanted yeah. to do. But I just, you know, it sounds you know, cool. Yeah, it sounds yeah. cool, but it didn't you know, probably seem like it was something that would be realistic back then. Um, uh, you know, I wouldn't trade sort of the path that I've taken. It, it sort of meandered a little bit before, before we got to, to doing this. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely psyched. It, 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 it's not something I necessarily expected, but I love beer. Uh, I love sort of an entrepreneurial environment. Yeah. Um, I, I love sort of the historical aspect of it. It's kind of cool as a, a native New Englander to bring back a brand that's so iconic and such a part of New England for so long. Uh, and then, you know, there's a little personal soft spot, you know, being that my grandfather drank so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing stacks of it, you know, in the shed at their, you know, my grandparents' old old place. And uh, I think Grandpa did his part to support support the cause back in the, you know, 50s and 60s and 70s. So uh, it's just fun to bring it back and kind of put our own twist on it, too, because, you know, now we're, we're not only doing the old heritage lager style that everyone remembers, but, you know, some other old styles that Narragansett used to make. That you know, people probably didn't even realize they made a porter. You know, back in the you know nineteen teens, that helped them survive prohibition. You know, they got a, wow. a patent from the government to brew it for medicinal purposes. Oh, sick! That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. thought it was the cure for whatever ailed you, especially if you <laughs> it had, was <laughs> high, high in iron. So you know, they, they gave prescriptions to the porter. Even to uh, you know nursing and pregnant women because they thought it was like you know good for them to get the extra iron. So it's just crazy how far we've come in the last hundred years. I, I do not condone any uh, pregnant people out there <laughs> drinking the, uh, the, the porter these days. I think uh, you can only have one glass of wine with a meal when you're pregnant, so stick to that. There you go. That's public service announcement. <laughs> um, but yeah, the. Uh, yeah, a lot of, they made a lot of other stuff. The Bach, the you know, pale ale, a banquet ale, um, things like that. So, uh, Bohemian Pilsner. So, we've been bringing back a lot of those styles. I was too. checking out the sign for the Bohemian Pilsner, too, as well. You got a lot of cool stuff around the office. Um, how's this How's this office run? You guys are like a family, a team, or like how, how do you keep it all together? I feel I'm asking because I have a small brand, a skateboard brand, and as it grows, I'm at it. We get more and more people involved, and it's starting to like, and I, it was originally my idea, and I'm kind of the the head of it, you know. And uh, I had the idea, and I'm kind of executing it. But it's hard to keep all the pieces and everyone on the same page. How you said you had a dozen people working here? Yeah, we have we have about a dozen full time employees. About about seven of them are on in sales, so they're working out of their home offices most of the time. And they'll come in if we have like a team meeting or something like that. Um, but for the most part, you know, they're a little more satellite. Yeah. Um, so, you know, here at the office on any given day, usually you're only going to have, you know, maybe five guys or six guys um, kicking around. But, uh, you know, the, the key is uh, try to have fun with it keep, it, keep it loose to the extent that you can. And, um, you know, I think beer certainly lends itself to that. And I'm sure skateboarding does too, right? Absolutely. You don't want to get too serious because it's a fun thing that you're, that you're a part of and it's something you have a passion for and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's all about the craft and, and, and um you know, growing this baby of yours that yeah. you've got, right? That's so, something that I have to constantly reiterate to everyone on on the thing is like, I'm always like, 
I'm just like, look, this is something we love. Like, let's focus on that and let's put the hard work in because we want it to grow together and we all care about this. Like, and uh, it seems to work because everyone can relate to that. Everyone's like, yeah, we love skateboarding. You know, if we all work, if we all keep growing and keep learning and, you know, keep going together, the brand will grow as we all do, you know? And uh, we always have to, I, I say I have to reiterate them and remind them, but honestly, like, I have to remind myself. So we we have gatherings and we talk about it and we talk about what's good going on and where we can improve. And uh, it seems to work to remind all of us, like, okay, this is where we started. This is where we're going. Let's just keep doing this. Where can we fix this? And, uh but it's hard to have that healthy relationship when you have a lot of people. And it seems like you have like a – I guess this is smaller compared to some other massive brands. So um, – but yeah, it must be hard to keep it going and keep everyone on the same page and enthusiasm. Because and, anything you do full-time or that you do a lot, even if it's something like skateboarding where you go out and you sweat and have fun with each other, it's just, you know uh, – the more of a routine you have, you kind of get jaded because it just becomes like a job. So you yeah. have to like, I always have to stop it. We have to like go do something outside the box and remind ourselves that it's just goofy, silly skateboarding and it's fun. So that's yeah. cool. Do you guys do anything like that? Like, um, yeah, yeah, everyone go sure. out, have a big party, and have <laughs> some Narragansett. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we uh, we always have our big holiday, you know, get together and you know. Get everyone a little sloppy and, uh, <laughs> you know, have a little fun. couple tears and stories. <laughs> it's all, it's all, it's all for the brand, you know. Yeah, it's the business we're in. We can, we can, we can uh, sort of make excuses for ourselves that uh, you know, we're in the business of selling beer. So every once in a while, we need to let our hair down and uh, you know enjoy the, the fruits of our labor. But uh, yeah, here it's it's pretty easy because you know it's, as you saw, it's pretty small for footprint uh, yeah. for an office. So we can just yell through the walls at each other, and, you know. Uh, you know, communication is always key. You want to start by just getting a team around you of people that have the same passion for whether it's skateboarding or beer or what have you. And then, you know, just let people feel like they're empowered to, you know, have a say and, and, and help, you know, move the brand forward. And, and uh, you know, we try to do that. We try to keep everyone involved, let them sort of uh, give them enough rope to hang themselves with and learn, you know, learn as we go. But uh, that's probably the best way because, you know, you got to go trial through fire, you know, you got to make the mistakes to learn. And then as long as you guys are all working together, you can get past any issue and then you all learn from it for sure. Yeah, you know, Mark's a good leader. He has a very clear vision for, for Ganson and the brand. And, you know, we, we try to communicate that vision down to everybody throughout the organization. And, and so we're all, you know, marching to the, the beat of the same drum, you know. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's not always easy, you know. it's not The bigger you get, the harder I'm sure it gets. But, um, you know, again, if you keep it, if you try to keep the, the reason you started it at the core of it, you know, the, the fun of, being in the beer industry in our, in our in our case and bringing back this old heritage New England brand and trying to stay true to its roots and history, um, it, it usually keeps it fun and also you know keeps everyone uh, keeps everyone motivated and on the same page. Yeah. Um, as far as like um, I guess like competitive wise, like where would you guys put yourself? Like who's your closest competitor? I guess. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. It, it's. We, we sort of, you know, we fight a war on a few different fronts um, because we, we deal with the, the big boys like Bud Miller and Coors on some levels because we make a, you know, a heritage lager style and Budweiser's a lager. And um, so, you know, there's a little bit of fighting with them and they've, they've got a lot of muscle and a lot of money. So yeah. it, it, can be, it can be challenging. You know, we've got to pick our spots and, and really try to create strong relationships with, you know, whether it's the bars or the stores and, 
and, um, and and leverage those relationships to get as much as we can whenever we can. Yeah. Um, I'd say, uh, you know, it, uh, on the flip side of it, there's the craft side of the business because we're making, you know, summer ale and an Oktoberfest beer uh, in, in, in the Bach and the Porter and the things like that that I mentioned. So, you know, we're also competing with the Sam Adamses and all the smaller crafts of the world, too. Um, that side, is, uh, this, that side uh, seems... Uh exciting and fun because it's kind of like you can have a little more experimenting and collaborations and stuff like that which yeah, seems really rad yeah yeah no definitely and, and that's the side of the, the business that's growing too is you know the craft beer piece of the industry is the part that everyone's excited about and wants to try new things and you know what's the next you know hoppiest or yeah. you know highest alcohol or craziest you know collaboration or, or whatever um, so, you know, it's an area that we can have fun with and, and grow with, um, but it's also getting to be a really competitive and crowded marketplace. I mean, just seems like everyone and their brother is coming out with a new, uh, new craft beer. So I feel like it, people get inspired, you know, it's yeah. like when someone does something so cool, like, like say the collabo with the, with the autocrat or the Dells, it's just like very cool. People see it everywhere and they're like inspired, like, that's cool. That's cool. And then all these lights start popping up and then you got competitive competition everywhere i see it in skating with what when we do cool stuff outside the box it's like there's always a leader and then there's a bunch of followers you know so yeah but it's a good way to bring attention to um the brand itself and then hopefully get um the lager in other places and become that staple household name as well you know yeah to keep moving totally yeah no we hope that you know successes we have with things like the the dells and the autocrat collaborations will have sort of a halo effect you know on the rest of the brand and yeah, just the craft in, in general. I mean, I wouldn't have thought a couple of years back that we'd be making 22-ounce bombers of Imperial, you know, 9%. That's very you know, cool. Super crafty beers. Um, we're about to come out with a Town Beach IPA. Oh, um, sick. It's like 8.1%. Kind of a little bit of a, you know, citrusy, fruity finish to it, but, you know, good hop presence and uh, um, a nice malt character to it as well. But uh, very complex, uh, but yet... It's about as easy drinking as you can get for something that's that high in alcohol, and so we wanted to have that summery sort of goes down you know, nice. flavor, so it goes down, but you know a lot of little oomph and, and flavor to it too. So um, you only need like three, and then you're like <laughs> chilling on the beach. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So you know that that part of it isn't you know the the core of the business. It's not going to be the big volume, but you know we like to show people hey you know we, we've got some brewing chops you know yeah. we, can, we can make a good beer and and hopefully when people try that and they're impressed by it it, it just you know it's, it casts a good light on the rest of the brand and um you know shows people you know, know what we're doing what's your reach as far because we know new england uh how far does your reach extend i guess uh we uh we go all the way down to florida um but we don't have the entire geography covered so we uh we're in the six new england states new york new jersey eastern pennsylvania and we skip over to dc and north carolina and then we also have florida and uh in nashville tennessee so kind of skip around a little bit but mostly eastern seaboard about i think it's 13 or 12 states plus the district of columbia so that's kind of like uh with my brand with all i need with our brand uh we're kind of like, you know, I feel like with a brand, you got to start locally, as you already know, and, yeah. and then you do as much as you can, and you get that spark to start flaming, and then it spreads, you know, and uh, we kind of have the same, you know, those states you mentioned in New England, and then we go down to Florida, we don't have all the way down, some out in California as well, but I noticed the more we do, like, you guys release cool collabs and stuff, the more stuff we do like that, 
the more, you know, word of mouth spreads and the more it opens up doors. And I think it's just a matter of time, too, for certain brands. Like, since you guys are coming back, it's just a matter of time of sticking around and being in the fight long enough that people are familiar and it becomes a household name. And it's the same with us in skateboarding. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what's going on in the skateboard industry, but um, it's kind of had a bit of a collapse just uh, with the economy and everything, and it downsized tremendously. So a lot of brands in skateboarding are, you know, uh, 20 years deep. They're they're dropping out of the scene. They're no longer in the fight of skateboarding because they've grown so big, and now the downsizing, they can't seem to downsize and keep it going. Like World Industries, um, Alien Workshop, these are household names that are just not around anymore, you know? But the one good thing about recession and things like that is it it allows you to get in for cheap and be able to um, compete. Social, that was the one thing I wanted to get to actually with you guys was social media side of things because as I learned through the skateboard industry, social media is basically free advertising if you know how to do it, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it has uh, – the reach is worldwide. Yep. Whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you had to pay thousands of dollars to advertise in magazines and all this stuff. And now it's like if you just know how to use proper social media outlets and uh, you can you can get your mission statement out to anyone in the world and spread that influence and it's awesome. So that's kind of what we do with our skateboarding is like we use social media as the marketing. It, you, are you, I noticed you guys are on Instagram, which is awesome because I, I walk around um, Taunton and New Bedford and places like that and I see certain restaurants and businesses and I ask them if they you know, mess with social media at all, at all and they don't. There's actually a spot near me in Taunton that they have people standing out on the side with a, a big like costume on like a hot day like today they're yeah. wearing like um, a, a moose suit <laughs> and they're waving to the cars and I'm just like if they knew about social media they could grow their community and connect to people in their pockets without having to have someone stand on the corner yeah. and I know that sounds bad because you're like well that person's getting paid to do that but also that person could get paid just to do it from their phone and, yeah. and build a community and get the mission statement out through social media is that a big is that like a main focus for you guys is social media marketing certainly yeah i mean it's always been a focus i think it's become even more of a focus as we've evolved over the last nine years um you know i mentioned it was a lot of face-to-face you know pouring samples and getting people to try the beer it's very important yeah and we still do a lot of that but i think now people are a little more familiar with our brand um you know and we find that you can really engage people a lot more directly and, and you know, engage a lot more people, you know, with social media and you can do it very, you know, very inexpensively, as you said. I mean, I think it helps to have a brand that people, you know, want to socialize with. And I think obviously, you know, people are very, you know, passionate about the, the skateboard or the, the skateboard, you know, the gear that they're that they're wearing, um, the brands that they support. And I think it's the same way with, with beer. People see that the can or the bottle they put in their hands kind of as a badge, you know. It's, it's so, definitely... Especially in New England, it's definitely like I have many friends that they stand by their beer. You know, it's almost like it's their passion. Absolutely, absolutely. I see the similarities between skateboarding and beer. It's very cool. So you can really engage people in pretty deeply, you know, through, you know, if you really, especially if you strike on a chord. And, and some of the best, you know, interactions we've had it aren't even necessarily, you know, directly about our beer, maybe we'll, we'll get involved in a conversation that's maybe more on the periphery, but we have a connection to it. Maybe it's like a Jaws type of thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Involved in that conversation, and, you know, it, it just sometimes blows up. Um, 
and that's the cool thing about having you know 125 years of, of history is you have a lot to draw from. Absolutely, there's a different part of the history that maybe appeals to you know different people, and we can kind of tap into to all of that. So, you know, and, and just one example of something we did: we took a lot of our like retro cans. You know, I'm showing you some of these now. I actually you know, all different eras, you know, of our of our history, and um, we put them all out on Facebook and did it sort of like a a March Madness basketball bracket, but we called it, you know, our, our retro can oh, sick. And, and let people sort of vote, you know, which which cans they wanted to advance. And we, you know, we had I think thirty two different heritage cans, and, and wow, we kept, you know. Fighting each other round after round until we had a champion. Oh, like a March Madness type bracket yeah, thing. That's yeah, very cool. That's yeah. very cool. So we uh, we crowned it was like actually a 1980 can that Narragansett did for the America's Cup when the the sailing races were in Newport. Um, showed a 12 meter yacht on the uh, you know racing on the front of the Narragansett can. Sick. So we're gonna bring back that that 1980 can next year because uh, you know, because it won the contest. And, very cool. Yeah, it's just fun, you know. We, we do a lot of stuff like that, letting, letting people design our ties for Father's Day and, and, you know, getting those submissions through social media. I saw them online. Uh, yeah. Very cool. I was going to ask you about the the Narragansett Girls, too, or what was the hashtag exactly that you were? Yeah, I want to be a Gansett Girl. Gansett so, Girl, that's yeah, what Yeah, it it's up right now, and um, we're encouraging, you know, women across New England and beyond if they want to uh, submit a photo to us, uh, they can get in the next Narragansett calendar, and we do a... You know, we do a retro pinup style calendar, so it's you know it's very classy wow. and fun. You know, the girls get to do their hair and makeup all up pinup style, get a professional photo shoot, and get to keep the keep all the photos and everything. And um, we're basically doing the contest now um, to get the girls who want to be in the calendar. And then uh, once we have all the girls, we'll actually do a little contest type of thing where people can vote for their favorites, and we'll cut it down to the 12 girls, ultimately, that'll, that'll be in the calendar. How, how, how would a girl go about that? Because my fiance, I would love to get her yeah, to yeah. try. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. All she's through is, uh, I think, through any of this, our social media channels, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, just send us a picture with a, a hashtag, I want to be a Gansett girl, Perfect. and uh, we'll... Uh, We'll uh, get her in the contest. Perfect. Because, like I said, she's inspiring. She she works um, two different pole fitness studios, one in Boston, one in Providence. And then she goes to New York to another one, and she trains, um, and she does co- competitions. And uh, it's her life. It's like her skating, you know. And it's uh, uh, when we met, she didn't have that in her life. And I had skating, and I'm always super excited and inspired and, and just in love with skateboarding. Uh, it's It's been my savior. And uh, I had to a fault almost because I obsess over it. And uh, so it was a little difficult for her at first, you know. But uh, then she found pole dancing for her. And it's outside the box. And every time I tell someone that she does pole dancing, they look at me like I'm crazy. And uh, it's just they don't understand what it is, you know, because it has a bad uh, reputation from strip clubs and and shit like that, you know. But uh, honestly, it's it's, a... my girl's ripped. As I say, you gotta be strong. <laughs> She's ripped, dude. Like, the stuff she does on the pole, like, she upside down, like, tricks, like, scary stuff. Like, the control and muscle it takes to do it. Like, I'm starting to feel like I have to start working out. Because I skateboard, so my legs are strong as an ox. But my upper body, I don't really, like, I don't do too much. And she's got, like, muscles now and, like, a six-pack. And now I'm like, whew. 
Oof, maybe I'd go to the gym a few times and try to keep up. <laughs> but, that's true on the pole. <laughs> I've actually tried. It's so hard, man. <laughs> My buddy Ramsey, who does the podcast with me, he we did a pole, we did a podcast with Samantha Starr, who's a professional pole dancer. She obsessed over it too, and uh, he she got him on the pole, and he's a heavy set dude. Actually, he slimmed up quite a bit, but he was uh, over 200, 200 pounds, and she got him up on the pole trying tricks and stuff. And uh, but yeah, I'll definitely have her. Uh, do the hashtag and everything because uh, that'd be very cool, man. It'd be very, very cool. That's great. Um, I also wanted to hook you up. One second. Sorry, guys. Hang in there. Like I said, uh, we did a collab with Shake Shack, man. And for you guys in the office, I got a couple of trucker hats. Awesome. And uh, here's some stickers of my brand, uh, All I Need. Just a oh, – I don't know what's going on. Which was really cool was when I pulled up, there was a kid skating across the street, and I gave him some stickers, and, and he knew, knew who I was, and he was like, what are you doing? And uh, I was like, Narragansett, we're doing a podcast. He's like, what? Really? So sick. And I was like, crazy. It's so cool you guys are right next to a, a skate spot. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll have to hook you up with some uh, some stickers and hats, too. You can yeah, please. Your fans or something like that. Yeah, please. Know, or just give them the guys at the uh, back, of the, back of the shop. People will be so excited, man. It's very cool. I, I work closely with... Uh, a lot of skate shops in New England, and skateboarders like to drink beer. So, uh, yeah, it's a good uh, – I'll give some stuff out. They'll be excited, you know. Um, yeah, Jim, I appreciate you taking your time. Um, this is usually the time where I uh, – you kind of give a plug where people can either reach you or if you don't want to be reached, maybe someone uh, – give your social media plugs, wherever people can reach out to Narragansett Beer and uh, ask questions and – yeah, totally. I mean, check us out. Uh, we'd love for you to become a fan of Gansett uh, on Facebook. Uh, we're also www.gansett.com. Uh, and on Facebook, what's what is it? Narragansett. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, was it Facebook. Is it backslash? Is yeah. I think backslash Narragansett. Narragansett beer. They could probably type yeah, in. Yeah, it would be Gansett beer. I'm sure if you do a search Narragansett, Facebook you know, up top the search N A R R. Uh, Narragansett Beer would be one of the first ones that So, so you do Facebook. I saw Instagram is Gansett Beer, right? Gansett Beer. A lot of more Gansett Beer, actually, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, do you do mess with Twitter at all? Yeah, Twitter. We're pretty uh, – got about 16,000 followers on Twitter. And, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's also at Gansett Beer. Cool. Yeah. And the website was uh, GansettBeer.com? Yeah, just Gansett.com. Oh, Gansett.com. Perfect. Yeah. That's even better, man. <laughs> well, Jim, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much. Appreciate the time. And, uh, yeah, guys um, – this will be up tonight on the iTunes store, and uh, if you just want to listen online, uh, you can just go to podomatic.com, listen to it there. But if you uh, download it on the iTunes store, it'll go right to your phone for free. Pod, You get the podcast app. You can listen to 20 minutes, close the app out, come back. It'll save your spot. So whenever you're driving, you know, if you can only get through 20 minutes, you can come back. It'll save your spot, and then your next road trip, you can listen to more. Um, and you can check out All I Need Skate. Dot com and like I said in the beginning, all I need to skate on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, also, thanks for all the love on the Vision Streetwear um, commercial that me and Corey Goonan just dropped. Um, me and one of my other riders, we we now skate for Vision Streetwear, and uh, they're just coming back. They were a huge staple in skateboarding, and they had quite a moment in skateboarding where they're the biggest brand with the biggest riders. And kind of like Narragansett, they kind of like went off the beaten path and then, you know, got bought and sold and now it's back. And uh, they started with me and Corey Goonan as the team. So and we just put a, put out an intro video and uh, it got a, 
a lot of love, which was amazing, you know. Um, so thank you. And check out Vision Streetwear as well, man. Uh, VisionStreetwear.com. And it's I believe it's just Vision Streetwear on Instagram as well. So, um, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jim. All right. Take it easy. Uh,